Can you name a single one of the minor prophets? Have you ever read one of their twelve books in the Bible? Do you know why they are called minor prophets? Did you know they contain many end-time prophecies? Did you know that they are full of messages that are relevant to Christian living today? Stay tuned for an interview with two experts on the minor prophets. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I are delighted to have a special guest with us today. And since he's a close friend of Nathan's, I'm going to ask Nathan to introduce him. Well, this is my good friend, Steve Howell. We have known each other 15 years now or so. We served together at Southeast Christian Church. Now he is a pastor at a church in Tonganoxie, Kansas. Say that five times fast. And together we decided we were going to write a book. So I'm so pleased, man, to have you here with us. I appreciate you having me here. Yes, Steve. We're delighted. It's a pleasure. He was also our pastor of our Adult Bible Fellowship, too. So he is a pastor by trade. Yes. Yes. (laughs) In your role now. Uh, Right now I'm serving as the Associate Minister of Adult Education and Discipleship at our church. And what is the correct pronunciation of the town? (laughs) Tonganoxie. I guess that's an Indian word? Yes. And where is it located? Just west of Kansas City. Okay. Well, fellas, you've written a book on the Minor Prophets that's coming out just any moment. And uh, I want to start off uh, interviewing you by telling you something that happened at our church a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Our Associate uh, Pastor uh, started teaching a course on the book of Revelation. And he got up and talked about at the beginning how people ignore Bible prophecy and what a tragedy it is that they ignore it. And in the process he said, well take, take the minor prophets for example. He said, I would be willing to, to estimate that the average Christian has never read a single one, probably doesn't even know a name of a minor prophet. Uh, he said, in fact if you were to ask the average Christian, who are the minor prophets? They'd probably say, well they were coal miners in Old Testament times. <laughs> well, that leads me up to my first question. Why in the world would you write a book about the minor prophets? <laughs> well, Dave, I, I, one thing that I really love doing is taking something that is kind of obscure, kind of uh, ignored in Scripture, and trying to show that it's relevant and exciting to people. Uh, I think all of Scripture is relevant. All of it is exciting if you understand it properly. And so one of the things I've always enjoyed doing in my ministry is taking uh, studies from different books like Leviticus or Deuteronomy. (laughs) (laughs) The Minor Prophets fits right in as one of those areas that we kind of ignore. How about you, Nathan? Well, I have a less spiritual reason, actually. At the top of the stairs, just outside of my office, is this tiny little three-foot-tall door. And it's always intrigued me, because where does it go? Well, it's not just the door, but someone before my time put a little sign over it that says, Minor Prophets. And it got me thinking, here's a door to the attic that no one uses. It's little. It's, it leads to a dusty, unused area. And how much do people think of the minor prophets, that they're, they're little use, that it's some dusty, it's boring, and it's something that is not worth checking out. And so walking by that door every day, I thought, you know, we need to teach people about their minor prophets. So it's not as spiritual as his answer, but I guess it inspired me to take on the, the task. Well, good. Well, uh, who were the minor prophets and when did they live? 
Well, you've got the minor prophets. You know, as a prophet, it's simply a person who has received the call of God to share his message. These are guys who are out there presenting the message. And you have prophets who, who spoke. You have prophets who acted out. But you have certain prophets that wrote. And these are, these are 12 guys that did that. And when, when uh, did they do it? Uh, they did this around the time uh, with the Assyrians and the Babylonians. Uh, around the time of the exile... Uh, before and after this. They, so you're they span talking, a what, 500, 700 years before Christ? Sure. Yeah, about yeah. 800 to 500 B.C. Yeah. Okay. It ranges about 300 years. And why are they called minor prophets? Because uh, they were coal miners. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> they had a wide variety of jobs. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. You, your minor prophets are, are there because it's called minor because they're small. And it's not small in importance. It's just small in terms of the length of book that they wrote. 7% of the Old Testament so it's a very slim yeah, margin of the Yeah, the your, your major prophets that wrote a whole lot. And these are the guys that just, they had a message to communicate, but they just didn't use a lot of text. They probably had to double space their text to, <laughs> to get that in there. So, it, yeah, it's just, it's just length. So it's just talking about the fact that their books are shorter in comparison to what are called the major prophets. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that what they have to say is less important. No, same God, same, same messages, <laughs> uh, big impact just, to, okay. just in a short Well, short that brings me to my next question, and that is, uh, why do you think they have been so ignored? Well, for me, I, I think there's a number of reasons. Nathan and I were talking about this a little bit last night. Uh, you know, part of it is just their location. It's at the back of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, if they try to read through the Bible, they get bogged down in some of these books. Probably in Leviticus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Numbers. Yeah, um, yeah, they hit those yeah. parts. And so it, it takes a while to get through. And so some people just, they, they never make it there. Um, so that's one of the reasons. We and have, they also, uh, it may well be a psychological thing in the sense that they're called minor prophets, so therefore they think they're not important. Yes. True, true. I thought that because... The time period is that the Israelites had wandered away from God, and God was trying to get them back. So all of us go through a time in our life where we're angry or sad or happy. And this was a time period in Israel's life where God was angry with them because they continued to commit spiritual adultery. They were running after other gods. And so a lot of what you read in the Minor Prophets is God's heartbreak. He's angry. He's, he wants his people to repent. He wants to take care of them and love on them and bring them back. And so when people read them, it's just, well, God's always angry and all. And so I think people don't want to read angry stuff. They prefer the happier their books the, or the more exciting stories. And I think yeah. that gets to your other but point the, the, about yeah, stories. Yeah, the story part. That's a, a huge yeah. part. People, people like stories. Yeah. And the Minor Prophets a lot of them don't have narrative that goes with it. No. If you think through the one that, that most people know, it's Jonah. Yes. Jonah's the minor prophet people relate to because there's a story of the whale. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, the other ones, they don't have that narrative that goes along with it, so it's harder to relate. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things that occurred to me when I found out you all were writing this book is that when you think of a prophet, you think about somebody talking about the future. And uh, these prophets do have some end-time prophecies. But you decided instead to focus upon their faith message. Why did you do that? Part of our, our big focus was just making sure that this is something that's relatable to the church in general. Mm-hmm. And while prophecy is important, um, it's not at the forefront of a, of a lot of people's minds. Yeah. So we wanted to, to tackle an issue that was more relevant, more 
uh, pressing on their minds to, Christian to show living to Christian living to the average average Joe in the congregation. They're focused more on faith than prophecy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, as we combine those things, they're able to learn on both sides. But it's it's important. People need to know how to have faith in their situation. These guys speak to that. How about you, Nathan? Anything? Well, the overall theme, even there's prophecies about what God <clears throat> would do if they didn't obey, what God would bless them if they did obey, what the future prophecies were. It was about restoration. The prophets were nabi. That's the Hebrew for messengers. They sent God's messengers, repent, come back to me. So it was a matter of restoration of the people's faith and trust in God. And so through that, there's lots of prophecies, but that's the overall theme is faith and trust, building faith and trust. And each of the the minor prophets faced tremendous faith challenges, you know, faith when your heart is shattered, faith through devastating losses, faith through peer pressure, faith when you just don't feel like it, and on and on. And those are relevant to all the faith struggles that we have today. So that's why we took the faith approach. But the blessing is that, like Steve said, since so few people are really into Bible prophecy, we are teaching them faith, but then we're we're teaching them Bible prophecy. Surprise, they didn't expect it, but we're getting them taught in Bible prophecy, which is so important. I love the design of the cover of your book there with the 12 up at the top there, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. It's a beautiful design. Uh, Incidentally, uh, when you talked about stories and people thinking of Jonah, it immediately reminded me of the fact that uh, to me, one of the most powerful stories in all the Minor Prophets is that of Hosea. Oh, yes. And it's an incredible story of his life. And that is the, one of the things that makes this book so important, is the fact that it has a unique feature about it. And that unique feature is what? Well, what we try to do is to open each chapter on each Minor Prophet with a, a fi- his historical fiction account of each prophet. Like we said, they don't have a story necessarily of their own in the Bible. And so we we took some liberties by (laughs) reading through the prophecy, trying to understand where they're coming from, understand their background, and then craft a story that would help us to, to picture in our minds who these guys could be. I, I know who Moses is because I've seen it. You know, he looks like Charlton Heston, right? <laughs> well, I tell you, that was to me that was an incredibly effective part of this book. I love the Minor Prophets. I went to church for thirty years. Every time the door was open, never heard one thing about the Minor Prophets. I didn't discover them until I was thirty years old, and I fell in love with them. I've read probably every book that's ever been published on the Minor Prophets, and this is the best one I've ever read. And one of the things that makes it that good is the fact that you guys have put together a historical fiction a story about each prophet at the very beginning. And, and it just pulls you into it, and you can see where he's coming from, and you can better understand his message. We had reviewers that helped us as we went. And it's interesting how different styles affect different people. Some people really resonate with stories. Some people like the historical facts section where we give the background and the times and all. And some people like the life application messages that come at the end of it. We have applications for Israel, for the church, uh, for the nations, and for you. And so it's funny, as different people read, they resonate with different sections depending on what their likes are. So your point here is that you wrote this book for the fellow sitting in the pew. Oh. Uh, and not, you didn't write it for scholars. I'm not a theologian. Uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's, well, it's, see, I just found it very down to earth and easy to read, and, and uh, I couldn't put it down. I mean, I, I, can you imagine a book about the minor prophets that you just keep going? You can't hardly <laughs> wait till the next story. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to write. Well, let me ask you this Are the minor prophets ever mentioned in the New Testament? Yes, yes, they are. Uh, they're quoted throughout. Um, 
there's a number of different different places where they're quoted. Matthew loves to quote places. He quotes <laughs> at least five different minor prophets in his uh, in his gospel. Well, I, I, I suspect that probably the, the 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 quote that's used the most in the New Testament. I don't know this for sure, but I'm, I know it's used a lot. Is out of Hosea where he talks about, "Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting?" Is that right? What you find in First Thessalonians four when yeah. it talks about the rapture. There are 250 Old Testament quotes, uh, 250, a little more than 250, that are found in the New Testament, which proves that the New Testament, by quoting the Old Testament, that the Old Testament's valid. Yeah. Yeah, right. And they're not separate books. You don't throw away the Old Testament with the New Testament and then go with that. That's why so many Christians yeah. don't understand a lot of the New Testament. Yeah. They don't know the Old Testament. And the right. prophecies, like Hosea 11, uh, Matthew 2.15 says, Out of Egypt I called my son. And that was a prophecy about Jesus living in Egypt for a while and coming out. Joel 2 uh, is quoted in Acts 2.16, where he says right out the bat, spoken by the prophet Joel. Yeah. So here Luke is substantiating what Joel wrote. Uh, you've got uh, the prophecy of Bethlehem. We've got uh, Micah 5 2. You can find that in Matthew 2 6, that the Messiah would One of the come. The most famous prophecy in the Bible. Or Jesus riding on a donkey. Zechariah 9 9 can be found in Matthew 21 5, that Jesus would do his triumphal entry on a donkey. So there are many quotes from the minor prophets fact, that you find in the New when Testament. When Jesus got on that donkey to ride into uh, uh, the city, he said, I'm doing this to fulfill prophecy. Yes. Yeah. And that was the prophecy of the minor prophets. And if Jesus thought it was you, important. Did Jesus ever quote the minor prophets? Oh, yeah. Yes. In addition to that, I mean, think <laughs> about his resurrection. He, he compares his resurrection to the sign of Jonah. That's right. If you don't mm -hmm. understand Jonah and the whale and that whole story, then you're not going to understand that reference. Oh, boy. In Malachi 4 5, you can find that in Matthew 17, where it talks about Elijah coming as a forerunner to the Messiah. So the, the New Testament. There's a lot of quotes by Jesus where he's quoting the minor prophets too, because he is the the angel of the Lord that gave the messages to the minor prophets. Well, like if the Zechariah. minor prophets were important to the apostles and to the Lord Jesus Christ, they should be important to us. We'll Sounds come back good. and talk about that. Okay, let's <laughs> take a break. Christ in Prophecy. I am in the midst of interviewing two men who have just published a new book about the Minor Prophets. One is my colleague Nathan Jones who serves as our ministry as an evangelist and also as our web minister. The other is a good friend of Nathan, Steve Howe, who serves as the Associate Minister of Discipleship and Education at Tonganoxie Christian Church in Kansas. The title of their book is Twelve Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. Well, I hope I didn't slaughter the name Tonganoxy. Did no, I get you're good. Okay, well, good. good. Steve, we're so glad to have you with us. And I want to start with a, a question that uh, uh, came to mind when I was putting together the ideas for this script, and that is, what is some of the, what are some of the best known quotes uh, from the minor prophets that people would recognize immediately? Well, there, there's quite a few of them that are used throughout the Bible. Um, Hosea six six, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Mm -hmm. That's a great quote that Jesus uh, refers back to. Uh, Habakkuk 2.4, uh, the just shall live by faith, is, is quoted throughout. Uh, the basis of the Reformation yeah, movement. Absolutely. Came right out of the Minor Prophets. Absolutely. The just shall live by faith, and it's quoted over and over in the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, Micah 6.8, uh, do justly, walk, walk humbly with your God. Uh, I, I murdered that quote here, but uh, <laughs> look it up, it's good. Um, uh, Nathan, you had oh, some others. I like Hosea 8.7, they sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. And that's just an example of how the minor prophets, how poetic God is. You know, oh, yeah. God's a master poet. So even though he's given prophecy, he, he covers every prophecy with such beautiful, flowery, yeah. descriptive language. You know, they sow the wind and yeah. reap Most the whirlwind. Most people think that came from Shakespeare. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare's quote in the Minor Prophets. Yeah. 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 He read them too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, what what are uh, uh, when you look over these Minor Prophets, which one would uh, and, and I'm speaking to both of you here. Okay. What which one is your favorite? Well, I. I really liked Habakkuk. Um, say that many times fast. It's fun to say. That's, yeah. that's part of why I like it. Um, but I, I really enjoy it. And I had the opportunity to preach a sermon about it as I was working on the book. And so it, it kind of holds a special place there in my heart. But I just love the idea that this guy, this prophet, receives a message from God. He's been questioning. He's been asking things. And he gets this message and he doesn't understand it. And he's able to go back to God and say, I don't get it. <laughs> he still wants more. And, and, and while he may not get the answer that he fully wants, he's still able to trust God and, and, and move forward with that. I, I just love the picture that he has in, in that book of prophecy. How about you, Nathan? Well, I like Micah. You know, you want to talk about that acting prophets. In other words, that they did something. They, they named their kid a funny name or they walked around with a yoke on their back. Micah walked around naked and howled like an ostrich. Now, I have no idea what an ostrich sounds like that howls. But what got me is uh, I called him Micah God's lawyer because God puts evil King Ahaz and the nobles and the leaders of Israel on trial. And Micah is like God's lawyer. He's sent in. He puts them on trial. He finds them guilty of corruption and of abuse and, and uh, of power and, uh, and giving away the temple. And so Micah comes in. He charges them and he leaves. And to me, he just seemed like such a neat character because he's, he's so many, so colorful, I guess. Yeah. But I got to say to you, to answer that question, I'm kind of drawn between two because the other one is <laughs> Zechariah. Not only because it's the revelation of the Old Testament, but a lot of the prophets, unfortunately, their messages were rejected. Amos, especially, he was dragged out of town and he was rejected. But and the people didn't repent. But during Zechariah's time, along with Haggai, the people repented. And after that, all the prophecies from God were encouragement. So Zechariah is a whole book of encouragement, and he gave messages about the return of Jesus Christ and the millennial kingdom. And it's exciting reading. It's like reading Revelation, and he got to be encouraging in the process. So I like, like those two yeah. the most, but I think I like all of them. I, well, for me, it's very difficult to choose because I yeah. love them so much. Uh, Hosea and, and the great story of of his relationship with this woman, you and have a wonderful uh, sermon how, how you how you uh, can see the whole gospel in that thing. At the end, I mean, his wife has betrayed him, and yet he 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 rescues her from slavery. Even so, she didn't deserve it. It's the grace of God. Uh, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I think the the Jews call it. But anyway, uh, what a story! You know, he says, "Lord, I'm out there and I'm preaching my heart out, and 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 nobody's repenting, and and I'm telling them if they don't repent, you're going to pour out your wrath. How about a little wrath? I, you know, you got to justify me as a prophet here." The Lord says, "Cool it. I'm sending you. You know, the the worst army in the world. They're going to come down here and just." Just tear this whole land apart. He said, Lord, I want wrath, but I want a little wrath. I mean, <laughs> we're bad, but yeah. we're not as bad as they are. Yeah. How can you punish those who are evil with those who are more evil? And that's a profound question. It and is. the Lord just says, the righteous shall live by faith. You've got to live by faith. Yeah. And they came up. and they destroyed. But here are the Jews back in the land today. And all those who persecuted them, where are they? They're in the dustbin of history. Yeah. And then, of course, I, I, I love Zechariah. I, I, because it changed my life. Zechariah changed my life. Everybody told me Bible prophecy never means what it says. It's just you, you spiritualize it. And then one day I read the book of Zechariah. And every prophecy he had in there about the first coming meant what it said. And I suddenly yeah. thought, hey, if the first coming prophecies meant what they said, the second coming prophecies must mean what they said. 
And, and so, I don't know. I could just go through the whole thing. I just love them all so much. Uh, let me ask you this. You, you focus on each prophet's faith journey. Which one did you find to be the most interesting? For me, Dave, I, I think Jonah was my, my most interesting faith journey. Um, you know, that's the one most people know. It's the Sunday school class one. People, people know the story there. And he, Jonah runs away from God's call. He gets, gets swallowed by this big fish and spit out. And then he goes back and preaches. Uh, you know, as you read that story, it ends with Jonah. He proclaimed uh, that destruction was coming. And then the, the city of Nineveh repented. And, Surprise. And then, yeah. and then Jonah. Last thing in the world he wanted. Yeah. He, throws, <laughs> he has a little pity party for himself as he's watching this scene. He's hoping that the judgment will still come. Uh, God comes in and teaches him a lesson and says that you're missing the point. And the story ends. You know, so you you finish reading the book of Jonah and you kind of end with this idea that, well, Jonah's just a jerk, right? He doesn't get this. But what I thought about was the fact that Jonah came back and he wrote that. Yeah. He's the one that told us that he was a jerk. He's the one, he's the one that told us. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> he's the one that comes back and he realizes what God was doing. He was able to see God cared for the sailors who were there with him on the boat. God cared for the people of Nineveh in a way that he had never cared himself. So for him to come back and write that to get the point, that shows a great faith journey that I think a lot of times we miss. How about you, Nathan? To me, it was Joel. Here, Joel is a prophet, and we don't know what the time period particularly, but the Jewish people had grown apathetic in their spiritual life with God. So God sends a locust plague. I mean, it eats everything. The people are stepping on it. It's in their hair. It's crunching. And he walks the people back out and gathers them at the temple and tells them that you have wandered from the Lord and you need to come back. Now, to me, the, the, the hardest part was, and I think that at some point Joel must have realized, is that God caused their devastating loss. Now, how do we as Christians today know that sometimes God is behind the suffering that we experience in life? And that's something we all struggle with. And the reason was because the people had grown apathetic in their relationship with God. He had to shake them up. And, and in our lives, God shakes us up so that we will draw closer to Him and trust Him more. And that's His purpose for loss. Well, one of, for me, one of the most interesting faith journeys is that of Amos, who was a fig picker from Tekoa, an ignorant hick, who was sent to the northern kingdom to read him the riot act. Yes. And he goes up there and he's so clever about how he does it, you know. He starts pouring out the wrath of God in words on, on all of their enemies. And they're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, bang, he turns it on them and starts talking about their sins. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. quite a guy. Yeah. yeah, his message wasn't very well received. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, which of these 12 prophets did you find to be the most challenging to interpret? Well, all the challenging books I gave to Steve. Oh. So <laughs> mine were all real easy, but... He had the challenge. Well, that's ones. what I do so, with prophecy questions. You I send them to me. Yeah. Well, and I disagree because I, I would say probably the most challenging would be Zechariah, and that was one that Nathan wrote. <laughs> uh, I've taught on that before, and it, it, that's hard. For, for me, I don't, I don't find that interpreting them is the big challenge. For us, I think the challenge was, was figuring out how we wanted to share it and, uh-huh. and write it in the book. How do we consolidate that to share it? Um, but I, I think for the average Christian, it's not as complicated as, as it seems. If somebody's willing to go in and do some research and, and look into the background, uh, spend some time looking through these books and just become familiar with it, it's not a hard challenge of interpretation on most of it. I think it's straightforward enough if people invest yeah. in it. Well, what would you say is the fundamental theme of the Minor Prophets concerning faith? You had a great answer on this. The, the fundamental reason, I think, on faith is the relevancy to the struggles we have today. 
these guys weren't super saints. They weren't, uh, they were average Joes. Like you said, there was a fig picker, there were priests, they had teenagers, they had elderly. And, but each of them struggled with the messages that they gave God. And they learned how to have more faith and more trust in God through those messages. And for the purpose, and each one of those, the message was God wanted restoration. He wanted his people to repent and return to him. And that's what God wants for us as well. He wants us to be restored to Him. And that's what all human history is. God's trying to get us back to Adam and Eve who were in the Garden of Eden, who walked and talked and had fellowship with God. Jesus Christ died on the cross to make that happen. And then one day He will return and set up His kingdom, and we will walk and talk and have fellowship with Jesus Christ, and then later the Father one day. Well, you know, uh, when I first read the Minor Prophets, the thing that impressed me the most about them was the fact that these books were written 2,500, 2,700 years ago. And they're just as relevant as if they were written yesterday because we have not changed any at all. The human right. nature is still the same. We're still di- struggling with the same sins, the s- struggling with faith, struggling with, with hypocrisy and all this sort of thing. And these guys speak to the problems that are tearing this nation apart oh, yeah. right now. Habakkuk 2.4 I think sums up all the minor prophets. The just shall live by faith. Yeah. And if we, the just, those who have accepted Christ as Savior, will live by faith, then we can get over the trials of devastating loss, of a shattered heart, of peer pressure, of, yeah. of when we're confused about God. Each of these guys dealt with a different issue. The just shall live by faith. If we make that our motto, then our faith will be strong in God. I don't know of a message more relevant today than that one. Amen. Back to Christ in Prophecy and our discussion of the Minor Prophets with Nathan Jones and Steve Howell, who are the authors of a wonderful new book entitled The Twelve Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. Well, fellas, as we bring our program to a close, what final comments would you like to express to our viewers concerning the Minor Prophets? Go first with you, Steve. Well, I, I would just love to say we'd love for you to read our book. <laughs> that would be great. But even more important than our book is that we want you to read the Minor Prophets themselves. In your Bible, you have so many different places that you can pull from. And some people might know the Psalms, some people might know the Gospels, some people might know the Epistles. But if you don't know the Minor Prophets, you're missing out. You're missing out on some of God's counsel that He really wants you to know. And by reading through these sections of Scripture, these 12 men and their faith journeys, they're going to open up ways for you to relate to God in ways that maybe you didn't know. And if you're trying to live out your faith, these are resources that you can pull from. You can hear what God's message is to this prophet and this message through this other prophet. You can understand in your own faith journey, how do you live that out? It's a great resource. Nathan? Well, I would say we wrote this book for you because like us and like the minor prophets, you struggle with your faith in God. And, you know, Obadiah struggled when he thought that God had forgotten him. And Hosea struggled with a broken heart. I mean, those are relevant to us today. And so when you read the Minor Prophets, you will grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, and then you'll be able to withstand any of the storms that life throws at you. And that was our purpose. We want you to learn Bible prophecy. Of course, this is Christ in prophecy. But we want you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And folks, these are not Minor Prophets. They're just short-winded prophets with powerful messages. (laughs) Well, that's our program for this week. I hope it has been a blessing to you. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near.
Folks, I want to strongly encourage you to get a copy of the new book by Nathan Jones and Steve Howe called 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. I have loved the Minor Prophets ever since I discovered them many years ago. And I have read many, many books about them. But this book is the most exceptional one I have ever read. There is a chapter about the faith message of each prophet and Every chapter begins with an absolutely fascinating fictional account about the prophet's life that helps you to understand in depth where he was coming from when he wrote his particular book. The book can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen or place your order through our website at lambline.com. If you call, please do so Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time. This book is written in an easy-to-understand, down-to-earth style that makes it enjoyable to read. It was not written for theologians. It was written for you and for me. The books of the Minor Prophets may have been written over 2,500 years ago, but each one of them contains a faith message that is relevant to your Christian walk today. Again, the book can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 